Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. I'm Kirsten. I'm Andrew. It's 2024, Gabby. I know. It's been a little while. It's been since last year, as the kids say. <laughs> yes. Your second year of Pitch Session. That's big. Yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> we can officially say, like, oh, we did that last year. Yeah, we did it last year. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. What's happened yeah. to you since since the last time we sat in front of the microphone? Uh, not much. Um, yeah. I went to Europe. I got COVID. That was great. <laughs> but I'm recovered. But you were in the hockey capital of the world, which was exciting. I was. No. What's the Netherlands? I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, think, I thought you were going to think like, India. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's probably up for debate. I mean, India right now is is looking pretty good in terms of hockey capital. I mean, well. they got it going on right now in India. The they do. I mean, have, have you been, seen the crowds? Yeah. I have. And not just for the India matches. I know. They posted some cool videos of everybody getting off the planes, welcoming them to uh, to compete. They showed up. Yeah. Well done, India. I tell you, you didn't really show up was New Zealand, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. say some of them had uh, pink and blue sticks. New Zealand, you wanted them all the, blacks. Well, I mean, that's what they call themselves. I didn't come up with the name, but either you're all in or you're not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but we'll talk about that later. We will. We have a couple of guests joining now? us today. We do. We do. So. We'll talk a little bit about some awards that happened of well, we late. We could talk about them now. We could talk about them now. So, Go ahead. Okay. Well, so then FHCA, since the last time we talked, released their whole slate of awards. Um, on, slate is a good word. Thank you. I think probably, you know, we got out the All-Americans and the Regional Players of the Year and the big one that was released on December 15th were the National Player of the Year Awards. So Division One this year went to Riley Heck of the University of North Carolina. Division I think that Two. Is a pretty good choice. I think so too. Let's see. Led UNC in scoring with 34 points on 13 goals and eight assists. That's exciting. Um, she was the ACC tournament MVP. Famously had a good year. They famously had a good year, and she was the one who scored the deciding goal in the NCAA championship to give them the win. So yeah. that double we'll, overtime we'll, shootout we'll, win. We'll sign off. That is pitch session approved. Although, I mean, I do think you and I made a pretty solid case for Annabelle Scoobish. We did. But so I'm not, you know, we're, there's no, uh, no, uh, I'm not, I'm not upset about Riley Heck, well deserved, but, you know. Yeah. I, think I still good. think we made a pretty solid case for it. Um, our Division Two National Player of the Year, and I'm going to butcher this pretty hard, but J.D. Van Gills from East Stroudsburg University. She's from Amsterfort, the Netherlands. Um, so she was the Atlantic Player of the Year and the PSACS Athlete of the Year. So that's very exciting for J.D. Um, and then Division Three National Player of the Year was Amy Griffin from Middlebury College. So all very exciting. So was that three players of the year from three national champions? Yes, I believe. Uh, no, Division Two, the national champion was Kutztown. Um, oh, but East well, then we should talk it. to their coaching staff. See, <laughs> I set should. you up there. You really did. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah, that's the exciting part of this episode is we're excited to be able to talk to the national. 
Division II National Coaching Staff of the Year Award winner, Marcy Schewing from Kutztown University, who won their first national championship ever in program or school history. So that's really exciting. And then later we'll talk to Catherine DeLorenzo, who is the head coach at Middlebury College in her, the website said 22nd year, but I just think it's like 23rd or 24th. So we'll get that figured out with her. Um, but they just won their sixth consecutive national championship at Middlebury, eighth overall. Um, so, yeah, pretty solid six stuff for Middlebury. That's six in a row. I mean, that that that's on to the second hand. Yes. I wrote, these are astounding records. Astounding. They were I mean, undefeated they this year, 22-0. They had 14 shutouts. They're the first field hockey team in any division to win six consecutive national championships. And I mean, they also, while winning six consecutive national championships, they also won six consecutive NESCAC championships. So as one does, as you do, but we, we left out friend of the program and uh, division one coaching staff of the year. We did Tracy. Well, Coaching staff of the year goes to Northwestern University. Your Northwestern Wildcats. Your Wildcats. Um, led, led by the one and only Tracy Fuchs. Friend of the program. Friend of the program. And we'll give a shout out to her assistant coaches, Georgia Holland um, and Will Byrne. So congratulations to them. I think about Georgia them. a lot. You do? I have her on my mind, yeah. Yeah, well... <laughs> You think she's been to Georgia? <laughs> Why would we edit that out? That was because I was really trying to think of something funny to say about you living in Georgia, and well, then I just kept being that, like, "This is inappropriate." Is in. Yeah. Do you think she's um, ever been to Georgia? I mean, I'm sure. I think Georgia's a well-traveled person. Yeah, but not for field hockey. Oh, Georgia, the person. Yeah, Georgia, the Georgia's state. The not, not a field hockey hotbed. Well, that also might be a reason why Georgia the person hasn't been to Georgia the state. That's that's what I'm opining, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to find out. Georgia, yeah. let us know if you've been to the great state. Is it a state? Commonwealth. No. It's a state. Come on. It's a state. Yeah, this is the South. We don't do commonwealths. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I will say the National Coaching Staff of the Year Awards was not without its controversy, of which no, I because- participated in quite we 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 left out uh the most notable i'll say coach of the year who was not even the nominee for her region is that correct that is correct that was Um, the blue devils that was yes pam buston and the blue devils of duke University. which full credit not to take anything away from them also friend of the pod yes yes well and here's i've I've struggled so much with this and i've had this conversation with many people because i have a lot of feelings about it and none well, of these, you're well connected in the industry. I like to think so. But I think the problem I have is not that these people don't deserve this recognition. It is that for the first time in this awards history, which I believe is like nearing 15 years, is the first time we have not chosen. The coaches have not voted for the national champion to be their regional winner. And then the national winner. So there was a little bit of little bit of drama because the regional winners constitute the ballot for the national coaching staff of the year. So when University of North Carolina was not selected as the regional winner, 
it stand to reason that they would not be included on the ballot. Now, the NFHDA looked back at some records and realized that they could be included retroactively, and they figured that out and did their best to, to sort of right that situation. But the, the problem I find is that it's a situation that should have never arisen because in every year, the national champion wins the regional coaching staff of the year and they win the national coaching staff of the year and the coaches but, this but year decided this. to depart from that tradition and so i just well, asked but, 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 but why but you're but hang on but you're voting on an award like if you're just going to give it to the national champion then why have the award and i think that's a fair argument i'm just saying for me what's notable is that we departed this year like we we you but know do you, you think do you think the departure was about North Carolina and Aaron Madsen, or was it about Duke and Pam Buston? It was about North Carolina and Aaron Madsen, without a doubt. Because it's, to me, it's like when you look at it on the face of it, Duke had a great year. We talked to Pam about how much they've overcome, how much they learned, and how much they've grown over the last two years. And that is down to the work of the coaching staff. So, yes, they put in the work. But when you look at it from just you know a pragmatic place – Duke lost UNC three times. Like they but lost not the three award. times the season. That's that doesn't matter. Like what what if Duke had been and you know, what if they had gone 0 and 22 the year before? And then they and made then, this big and then they did what they did this year. I think it is just a convenient situation for coaches to sort of air their grievances about the hiring situation at UNC. And I think it's a shame. Well, it's time to let the grievances go. She won the national championship. I think so too. I mean, and I think, I think there are a couple things and I'm probably making a bigger deal about it than is necessary or looking into it too much, but you know, field hockey is, a sport that is in need of young, enthusiastic coaches. And you have one and you have one who's doing a lot of work to publicize the sport at a national level and a thing that we haven't had for a very long time. And for her to see that she doesn't have the support of her community. I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow. And that's something I, I struggle a lot with that. I think as coaches and then as like mentors of young coaches and of young women, like we really have to think about like, what does that mean? And what are we saying with that vote? And is it something that needs to be directed at the UNC coaching staff or does it like whatever that sort of um, that frustration, like that has to be directed at somebody else, like the person that hired her perhaps. And you can question the process, but to take it out on like a member of your community who excelled this year doesn't seem fair. So that's just one person's opinion. It was very eloquent. Thank you. I've been thinking about it a lot and I, I feel strongly about it. Um, so yeah, that, no, that, you're, you're, that's uh that was very well put. Thank you. But yeah, so that's what's been going on in the field hockey world. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of hope people just take a moment to really like reflect on how we're showing. How many up. schools are in that region, roughly? Oh, roughly. I don't know, maybe 11, 12. I could not say. So, I mean, I could but, pull it so, up, but my point is okay, let's call it 12. Uh, like, it's what is it? The North Carolina schools, the Virginia schools. Yep. Anybody? Mm. Is that it? 
Yeah. Maybe Maryland. No, I think Maryland's in the mid-Atlantic. So, yeah, I think it's like Virginia, North Carolinas. What about D.C.? American and Georgia? No, mid-Atlantic. They're mid-Atlantic. So we're talking Wake Forest, Duke, North Carolina, what, Davidson, Queens. Um, I know I'm forgetting. UVA, Virginia Commonwealth. Old Dominion. Richmond, Old Dominion. um, Yeah. So I guess my point is, and I, I really think what you said was very well said. I mean that. But aren't you really just talking about the coaches at those 12 schools? And, yeah, because I do think that if that, yeah. the vote was close. Right. So you're really talking about seven coaches? Eight? Right. Ops, right? You right. got to think a couple voted for her. Mm-hmm. So that's the, my well, only thing is it's an, you're, you're indicting like the whole profession when potentially – we're talking not the whole profession, but the 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 a, a, a swath of it. When really we could be talking about as few as seven or eight schools, some of which are her biggest rivals, and recruit against her. So that is true, but also so retroactively, the NFHCA re-released the ballot and put UNC on it. Yeah, but that but that that's that that's. So oh, I know. I feel like it's our. It was that's already the cats out of out of the yeah. Right. I mean, I, so I think you're right. I think it's probably not a majority, but I think it does say something, and I especially think it says something. You know, you know, I don't want to act like we have this big national following, but. Thanks in large we part. We have Aaron Matson following. Do I need to show you the map we get? I mean, field hockey as a as a sport, you know, it is not something that is always on. People don't know what it is. So, in large part, thanks to Aaron Matson this season, we finally have a platform to showcase our sport. And then there's going to be this weird blip of like, didn't win national coaching staff of the year, right? I, I just feel like we sometimes, as a sport, make decisions that we feel are sort of principled but yeah, not that's, pragmatic that's right, right like it we're shooting ourselves in the insular. foot yes and, it, and nobody else it doesn't matter what matters is that the person who won the national player of the year or coaching staff of the year and who had an incredible season and put field hockey on the map in a lot of places you saw field hockey on tv in georgia thanks to aaron Matson, like her as a rising tide can lift all of our boats if we let it. But if we're going to be petty and, and frustrated about something that's really very much out of our control, then like we're only doing our, like we're only hurting ourselves. So there's my spiel as it were. Whoa. Yiddish. I know. Well, Are you really I've been watching a lot of fiddler on the roof. <laughs> Well, we are excited to celebrate all the national coaching staffs of the year, but in particular, we're very excited to talk to um, Marcy Schewing. So let's let's head over that way. To Kutztown we go. Golden Bears. We're so excited to be joined by Marcy Schewing, and I'm going to I'm gonna list off your accolades from this season. She is the head coach at Kutztown University in her 10th season and just won the first 
uh, national championship in program and school history. Yeah. Um, so congratulations on the Division II National Championship. And your staff was just awarded the Division II National Coaching Staff of the Year. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, a whirlwind of a year. I can say that. Same for us. Yeah. With the podcast. <laughs> we, we know the feeling. Yep. Oh, my goodness. So I was just looking through all of your stats from the year. And I mean, you finished the year 19 and three, which is another school record for most wins. Mm -hmm. And you beat East Stroudsburg, who at the time was ranked number one, um, two, one in the championship. And I thought that something that stood out to me was that was the first time you had the second time you've met them. In the season, which I feel like is maybe a it's little actually bit. Actually, the um, third, Kirsten. No, it's not. Just two this year. Oh, that's I noted it because it was. That was, was rare. Never mind. In Never the mind. Stack, I was wrong. Normally, Never you're playing mind. people a couple times this season. Right. So, early in the season, you met them, and then got it done in the last game of the season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'm curious about what was that like, like prepping for that game, especially after not seeing them for so long. They were obviously on like a big. Um, I mean, as were you all, but like having a lot of momentum going into that final game. Absolutely. Um, East Stroudsburg is an hour from us. Um, We're very close with their coaching staff. I know them very well. I know their team very well. We recruit the same exact student athletes. Um, So it's a a program very familiar to us. It was interesting to be in New Hampshire playing them when they're an hour from us. But, um, you know, after the first in the first game, if you look at the stats, um, we we should have won and we made some mistakes late in the game. We had the lead with, um, I think, a minute left in regulation and ended up losing that game. And it was almost that point in the season um, where we learned a ton as a as a team of things to do, not to do um, and just personal responsibility. And my team kind of put that on their shoulders and recognized things we needed to fix, um, especially our our marking below the 25. When a team like East Stroudsburg has the ball, they have so many weapons. Um, and we did an amazing job with that in the national championship. Also, I think there is a lot to be said about being the underdog and not having the pressure on your back, um, which moving into next year will be different for us. Um, But East Stroudsburg was number one. I think they felt maybe a little bit of pressure. We didn't feel anything but happiness to be there. So I think there's a difference in that. And we just completely played like a team, like a unit, did it for each other. Um, We're so positive and, you know, even we went down two minutes into that game and I thought, oh my gosh, are we going to lose 10 nothing in the national championship? And then I remembered my team and who I have and they just locked in and, and little by little just came back. And and that's exactly how we won that game was just never giving up that that attitude of just we're going to do whatever this takes to win this game. Well, I was going to ask, it's funny or not funny, but I don't know. It's a thing that happened. You guys trailed for, for most of that game. You said yes. you, you gave up a goal two minutes in and then did not tie the game until the very, very end of the third quarter and then scored about halfway through the fourth to take the lead. What was it like for those 40 minutes or so when you trailed? Yeah. Um, and and how, did, how did your team's mindset change when you tied it and then – when you took the lead and I'm sure had the longest eight and a half minutes of your life. <laughs> I don't think I spoke for the final eight and a half minutes. I'll answer <laughs> that question first. I was sort of blacked out. I didn't know what to do. Um, but 
previously the day before we had or two days before we had played Shippensburg um, and we were down against them and Ship is an absolutely amazing team really well coached they have unbelievable players and I think because we had just done it two days before that against a very good team that pressure of being able to do it was off of our back we knew we could we just had to get it done and so our speech at halftime was we just did this two days ago against a team very similar to East Stroudsburg we can do this again so we focused in on them the things we had to fix finishing on our penalty corners was a huge one um so we mixed it up and did something ve- like a very tricky corner where which is not typical for us and it, it paid off it worked so um but to answer your question about those final eight minutes um you know after we scored the first goal to tie them we were a completely different team we that the whole momentum of the game shifted you could see east stralsburg got a little bit frustrated and they they just weren't used to that happening to them they don't get scored on a lot at all um so i think that sort of set in for them and they didn't know what to do. And then um, we just capitalized off of that. And then the momentum shifted our way. But after we scored, the momentum definitely shifted back towards East Stroudsburg where they were just, they were doing anything they could to score. They had a couple corners and our goalkeeper made an unbelievable save and their national player of the year shot one off a reverse, just a little bit high. I mean, there was some really nerve wracking moments, but when I tell you that I didn't, I don't think I spoke for those final eight minutes. I actually don't think I did because I was just in, I, I, I was so confident in my team that we could do it, but I knew that nothing I could say at that point was going to fix it. They had to figure it out on the field. And that's exactly what they did. I was also, like I said, just sort of blacked out. Like, is this really going to happen? Are they going to tie it? I don't know what to do here. Um, And never having been there, I'm just being real. Like, it just, I didn't know how to react. Now, in the future, hopefully we'll get back there. I'll know what to do. Um, But I didn't, so. And you're talking about the championship, not New Hampshire. championship, yep. (laughs) Yes. Because, you know, Manchester is the field hockey capital of southern New Hampshire. So you could find yourself back there one day. Yes. Um, (laughs) We actually also played in Manchester three years ago when we made the Final Four. We went to southern New Hampshire. Yep. And we we played (laughs) them up there. Um, You guys lost three games the entire season. And and so your NCAA tournament – uh, run was kind of the revenge tour of 2023. You knocked off. I like that. The the two teams that that beat you during the regular season. Um, you know, there, there's a cliche in sports. It's hard to beat a team two, three, four times in a we season. We said that so many times. Lately. Yeah, I mean, cliches are cliches for a reason. Yep. How did that familiarity and and the fact that these were the only teams to get you during the year, how did that affect your team going into the semifinal and the championship? You know, it's a really great question. And the the revenge tour thing, it's very ironic that you said that the previous year, um, we did not make the NCAA tournament. And it was a very it was it was talked about all over the field hockey world, if you will. Um, no one could believe how we didn't. No one understood why we didn't. My team was very upset. We all sat in that room crushed that we didn't get in. Um, we won the PSAC regular season. Um, we were, we had an unbelievable team last year and we were 16 and three and did not get in. So we were crushed to say the least. So we called 2023 season, the whole season, our revenge tour. So um, we called it KU versus everybody. So 
as we rolled through closer to the end of the season, um, like I said, having played them, especially Shippensburg, having played them twice, we had so much film on us versus them. And even in the PSAC semifinals, when we had just lost to them, um, we outshot them, outcornered them, but they they have an amazing player in, in Tess Yedelu, and um, she scored the golden goal in overtime to beat us. So we knew we were so close, um, and we, we finally talked about enough with being just happy to be here and being that team. Like we're going to, we're not here to just have fun. We're here to win and try to win these games. And like I said, once we beat Shippensburg, I just don't think there was any lack of confidence left. I think we knew we could do it just because ship's such a good team. East Strasburg's such a good team. We knew that we could beat those teams, but we also have the ultimate respect for them because they are so good. Um, so it was, it was an interesting towards the end, but we kind of got into that mindset of why not us, you know? Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Well, no, I'm under the. I'm under the. Kristen, you can correct me. No, there's no. Yeah. There's no West Stroudsburg. There is no West Stroudsburg. So what are they hiding? <laughs> That's true. That's a good question. We should. <laughs> what are these people up to? Yep. And if there was a West Stroudsburg, there should they should definitely be adding field hockey. <laughs> um. Well, and so, okay, so I was looking at, I'm, I'm, so obviously it was an amazing season, but we're at that weird time in the year. You just won the national coaching staff of the year, but we're already looking towards next season. So, you know, I was just looking at your roster and seeing somebody like um, Sarah Gatehouse and losing somebody like that in your senior class. Like what's next for cuts down? What's, so, what's next season like? Right for us, Sarah Gatehouse is going to get her MBA and has a year left. So she will be back. Oh, wow. That is very yep. exciting. As Hashtag breaking news. Yeah. You heard it here first. Folks. <laughs> well, maybe like fourth, maybe she's told her family. Well, I have well. told my family, yes. Um, and Sarah has also let her family know as well. Okay, um, you heard it here at 11. Yeah. Sarah was the defensive, PSAC defensive player of the year, the Elite 90 winner at the NCAA mm -hmm. tournament, first team All American. She's a center back. She's incredible, very soft spoken leader. She is just an amazing kid. She's a unanimous voted captain by her teammates, um, which, you know, is very rare with, um, you know, female athletes to be unanimous among 31 girls. Um, she just is she puts all of her work into it and doesn't say much. Very humble. Um, so to have someone like her coming back. But as soon, this is a this is a true story about Sarah Gatehouse. As soon as she ran off the field after the national championship, she said to me, to Pete next year. That's the first thing she said to me. So I was like, whoa, 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 let's just enjoy this one. Um, but we do return nine starters off of that, off of that team. Um, we do lose Mackenzie Kyle, who was a transfer from Bucknell and used her grad year at Kutztown. She was incredible, great leader, great player. Just, oh, she was such a great addition for this season. Um, and we lose our right back, Alyssa Eager, who um, actually in the, in the, national semifinals and the national championship was just showed her veteran leadership showed her skill ability she's one of those kids that doesn't get voted all conference but we all know how good she is you know um just never kind of got those awards but was such a vital part of what we did our defense allowed 11 goals all year um and she was a major part of that so um, it, it's that will be a loss for us but we think with our recruiting class um, and the kids that we have coming back we think we'll be a, a big threat again next year. 
And when you're not on the revenge tour, like what's next year? If we don't have that to fall back on, so we've got to we've got to come really up with something good else. Question. Run, it's run really it back. Question. Run yeah. it back. Run it back. Defend I love that. This house. You all heard it here first. Andrew came up with our tagline <laughs> yes. for next year. I will send you a shirt when we make them that says Thank "Run you. it back." I like that. <laughs> the other one I've seen is for defending a championship is never settle. Oh, I like that. Never settle. I think I like but run I like it back. Run it back. I yeah. do too. Yeah. We will pay you the copyright fees for that because that's. I look forward to that. You can send it to Kirsten. She handles <laughs> we my gotta finances. Pay. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> we got to pay all our sessions. Kirsten bills. is Kirsten is essentially my manager. Gotcha. I'm his life she, coach. Life she, coach. She, she she keeps me yeah. functioning. <laughs> Andrew just gets me from here to there where I need to be. Yeah. I love Division Two too because it's a really good community. Like with it being smaller, yes. it's. I feel like everybody is very aware of like where you stand, who's on your team. Yes. Um, but also like coming from a Pennsylvania school too, with all a majority of the division, not maybe not the majority, but a really good chunk of the Division Two schools being in Pennsylvania. Yes. There's a big yes. pride factor there too. Yes. And I think at least a lot of the people that I played with, um, who wanted to stay closer to home, who wanted their parents to be able to like come to every game and it be yeah. you know easy to travel to easy to go to games and stuff like that there's a big part of division two that is it's just a special place for that part too and i think especially for some pa kids absolutely there's no question like i said it's it's a very unique division um and i think it's small as we know um and we are trying to get it to grow a little bit but expanding but expanding <laughs> it has grown down south tremendously um they've added the um you know, the uh, South Atlantic Conference um, and two schools in New York outside of Rochester and Buffalo have just added. So it's definitely expanding. It's something I know the NFHCA is working on. They've put a lot of time into trying to grow Division Two as well. Um, so I, I hope it continues to grow. I don't want a smaller amount of teams. You know, I'd rather have have more options um, sure. because in Division Two, the talent's not as spread out. Like when, mm. you know, you get into Division Three, I coach there as well. There's really there's Middlebury and then there's teams that are, you know, can't field a team almost, you know, they have just 11 kids, things like that, that aren't as good. There's a wide gap in division two. I find there's not as wide of a gap. Everybody's pretty good. And, and when you talk about the PSAC, even the team that finishes on the bottom every year is still very good. Um, so it's really interesting to me how the talent is dispersed in division two. Yeah. That's definitely fair. I remember, you know, all the division two coaches polls. I mean, it just shakes up every week yes. because yeah. I mean, it's, it's just always so tight. It is. It really, anybody, honestly, in the PSAC, anybody can beat anybody any given day. And it's, it's, I actually love it because you can never rest. You can never sit back. Um, it keeps you on your toes at all times, but it's also exhausting because you don't have that one <laughs> cupcake game where you're like, all right, well, we know we can win this one. That doesn't exist. So, yes, I feel like things are really intense in the piece. Oh, so intense. So intense. I feel like you're, you're saying, and, and well, I shouldn't say you're saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's unlikely in Division Two a team would run off six consecutive national championships. Is that a, is that a that safe is a bit, bet? In the past, I know Bloomsburg did it mm -hmm. for years. Jan Hutchinson is an absolute yeah. legend. Um, I just rode on the plane with her the other day to win her escape and back. She was down there. Um, but she, but after her, there has not been another school in this era able to do that. And I think that's because 
we all motivate each other. You know, I want to be better because of East Stroudsburg, because of Shippensburg, um, because of those schools. They make me better and make me have to be better or we're not going to win. So I think that competitive edge, I respect them highly, but also it makes me work harder. Cool. And what, um, I don't know, what does the winning the National Coaching Staff of the Year Award mean mean to you and your staff? Yeah, it's, I, I can't, I can't even put into words what my staff means to me. Um, Ariana and Erica are both, I would say more part-time. You would call them Erica's a student assistant who has been incredible for us. Um, and then Ariana is there part-time. She's amazing. She played at Millersville, um, works locally. So she joins us too. And she's, she's amazing with our forwards. Um, and then Amber Achenbach is my full-time assistant, which um, two years ago, I begged my boss. I, she's newer and I, I gave her all the merits of what a full-time assistant could do. So as soon as we won the national championship, my <laughs> husband told me to take our trophy and put it on her desk and tell her that was her return of investment for getting me a full-time assistant coach. It's true. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a solid argument. I'm, I'm just going to say, as soon as I got the full-time assistant, we ended up winning the whole thing. So, um, But Amber is indispensable. Um, we are two peas in a pod, you know, whatever she, all of her strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. And, um, she's just incredible. So I, we literally would not have been able to do it without her. She's an unbelievable person in every way. She's so fun. Um, the kids love her. They know when her hat goes on backwards that they're in trouble cause she's mad. Um, there's like these tell signs. She's great. Um, but she's just so knowledgeable about the game and she has brought us. So our stick skills are probably, I would argue the best in division two, and it's 100% as a result of Amber and just the, the, the drills and the things she does with them every practice. Um, kind of back to the basics type stuff, but it works. And um, it's really, really done well for our program. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. But before you go, we do have two questions for you, Marcy. So okay. you're in the normal Personal Olympics. Your name get pull, gets pulled. What event are you doing? And we need to know why. Okay. Well, would I be able to be good at it or I have to be a normal person? You have to be a normal person. Oh, geez. And okay, we keep, we say like, maybe you want to do it because you're like, I'm actually kind of good at this. Or you're like, I just want to do it and I'll be okay being okay. Yeah, you, you can be pretty That's good the at point. it. That's okay. okay. Like normal, be normal people in the Olympics. It's just to show, you know, like, no, you can't, not anybody can do this. <laughs> no, I get that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So then I'm going to pick, I was going to pick the balance beam in gymnastics, but that would only be if I could be good at it. But since I can, I would pick the floor routine in gymnastics and just L less like, room for injury. Yeah. Just get after it. That's a great yep. answer. Exactly. That I would think, be yeah. on the balance beam. I feel like there's a lot of potential for like catastrophic injury. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's my big thing is I don't want to do a split on the balance beam and just be hurt forever. So that is where I would I wouldn't pick that then. But if I'm good at it, give me that balance beam all day. What would and, you be what would you hang on? What would you be worst at? Ugh. Ice skating. Yeah, definitely. Don't put me on skates. Yeah. I feel like I'd struggle with the ski jump. Oh, that's yeah. I feel I like there's so. just, there 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 could be some trouble. The landing could be. It's all uh, about the landing. Yeah, you gotta bend the knees. Yeah, it's I not. It's that's the thing. I'd be fine at the ski jump. It's the ski land. The ski landing. I don't know, Andrew. I mean, like you and snow and ice in general. Like I don't even know if you make it to the top of that platform. Yeah, probably not. I don't make, make it to the venue. Off. 
I wouldn't get the skis on. Let's be real. <laughs> you wouldn't get to the venue. You would have no. to drive in snow-covered roads. Could you do well, that? I could hire someone. <laughs> true. You're not going to drive yourself. You're an you, Olympic athlete, for God's sake. That's right. Yeah, that's in true. the ski uh, jump. <laughs> yeah, in the ski jump, yeah. All right, and Marcy, I mean, maybe this is something you already discussed in last week at the annual convention, but if you get to choose a rule and change it for the foreseeable future, what is it? This is a tough one. Um, there's a couple things running through my head, but um, like allowing it to hit the feet jumped into my head, but then no, because people would like just use that completely to their advantage. Um, my big thing may be to play 7v7 all the time and have wow. overtime Whoa. all the time. And I'll tell Whoa. you why. I know. Okay. I need to hear Every this. time our soccer athletes or our soccer coaches see our 7v7, they say – we are so jealous that you get to do that. It's so much clearer on the field who's good and who's not. And you can tell which team is fit and which team is not. <laughs> so I know it would take some opportunities away, but I think like only the strongest would survive then at that point. This is very interesting. Overtime has come up several times this past season. I'm sure in it regards has. to our rule changes and our proposals. Yeah. Yeah, because soccer does it, but our soccer team went undefeated, but they did end with like five ties. And I'm like, how do you how do you end the game in a tie? And they all had all these ties. I mean, they're very good. Our team was amazing, but I couldn't end a game in a tie and be okay, you know, because I'm so yeah. used to us being able to finish it somehow. Well, um, we're not. We're, like yeah, because we're just this season, especially in Division One, there was a lot of overtime and a lot of really boring overtime. Right. So we've been really, really boring. Really boring. Well. Let me jump in there a second. I think this is also another huge difference of Division One and Division Two. So I've watched a lot of Division One overtimes, and they all sit back and wait, and one team passes a ton. Division Correct. Two, that would never happen no. because these kids are running through brick walls to get to that ball. It's a different style, and I know it's not like the FIH, and I know it's a little bit different, but I think the Division Two overtimes are a lot more exciting than the division one. If that's a controversial comment, it might be, but I really believe that I do. I mean, we're here well, for the controversy. That's you, you know what, what would we really do. make overtime exciting. <laughs> this oh, no. is my proposal. So, I mean, we brought this up before, but since you haven't heard, my proposal for overtime is two balls. <laughs> that would be amazing. Wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Think we do drills chaos. like that, yeah. Right. That's incredible. Think about the chaos. Yeah, I love it. I'm here First for it. one in the back of a cage wins. <laughs> Let's see what happens. What do you Run do? It back. Do, you, do you play offense? Do you play defense? Both? I'd have Sarah Gatehouse back there. <laughs> yeah, what about West Strasburg? Yeah. <laughs> and how come the two regions are Atlantic and East? East is in the Atlantic. Oh, Andrew, Andrew don't go you, there. Whoever gets to the oh, bottom that of that, thing? you need to let me know. We it's we don't, we just refer to them as the North. That's all we do. We refer they I think refer to themselves as the North as well. They're not the East. It doesn't make sense. We used to be North South, then we went East Atlantic, and mm -hmm. it's why don't we go like legends and leaders? <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. <laughs> I like that. Do I get to be the – can we be the legends? <laughs> I mean, I think most of the PSAC schools yeah. would be the legends. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Now, I know it's the PSAC, but is every school in Pennsylvania? Yes. In the PSAC. league? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yes, they are. That's a great question because a lot of the Division One conferences had names where it didn't make sense. But Yeah. Um, I mean, like, yeah, there's a Texas Well, and here's something to really like – 
here's the thing to like really confuse Andrew is I believe the PSAC headquarters are at Lockhaven. They are. <laughs> why? Which is Division One in field hockey. Yeah. Why? Oh, I guess yeah. The rest of it is Division Two. Yeah. A lot That's of Division Two and Three conferences yeah. are actually like headquarters at and like at universities and colleges. Right. Oh. I think yeah. it saves on rental space and stuff. It sure. makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I like saving as much as anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Marcy, and congratulations on an amazing year. And we're excited for uh, Run It Back 2020. We will follow it. We'll follow when you run it back. Next I love that. I'm sending you guys the shirts. I'm telling you, you, yeah. you laugh, you smile. Those shirts are no, no. I, I'll take we're it. In. I'll wear it. <laughs> we're in. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you very much. Thank you. See ya. Bye. And now I learned a lot about division two, Kirsten. I hope you learned something important. Something we should go to a division two game. I actually really think you'd like the environment. Let's not. It is raucous. I have witnessed a fight in the stands of a division two national championship. And it was promised me a fight. I'm in. All right, we're going to Millersville then. Let's go. Okay, we haven't got someone to pay for our trip to Paris yet. I know. Well, I think we can handle a trip to Millersville because it is just down the street from your favorite town in the world. The Mojo. That's right. All right, I'm in. Cool. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> Let's say shalom to India and the Olympic qualifier where... Uh, it's Tuesday night right now, and Team USA just just finished a three-game romp through pool play. They did not concede a goal. They counted. I think they let a goal in each game, but each one was overturned for various oh, reasons. Oh, really? Wow. I didn't like, one went off the opponent's body. Mm. Um, there so was a successful one... video review then. Uh, I think it was called On the Field, perhaps. The the video reviews, Kirsten, are out of control. And we talked about this during the Big Ten tournament, if you'll recall. Mm -hmm. And I I remarked today that I understand there's a lot on the line right now in these tournaments. Like, people's careers are being made or broken this week. Coaches and players, I suppose. And... You know, uh, the people responsible for putting teams together, like people's like lives are being made or not this week. Um, people are going to become Olympians or not. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a lot on the line, and that's, that's fine. Um, but the amount of replay review mm-hmm. is out of control. In the USA-New Zealand game today, in the last 10 minutes, I think there were four. Yep. And and it feels like successive, like no play between. No, like bang, bang, bang. It, it honestly, it felt like they were trying to finish like a basketball game, and have the last five minutes yes. take twenty minutes. Yes, absolutely. And, and one of the things about field hockey generally is the flow. Yeah. And there's no flow. It just it kills all the flow. And then I'm sorry, but the reviews themselves need to be quicker. Oh yeah. Like like sixty seconds. Either you it's because we need to be fixing obvious mistakes. So either you see the replay, you slow it down once, and you're like, "Oh God, you screwed up. We're flipping this call," or let's move on. Oh yeah, I mean, like, two of those where they were looking at it, it was really hard to see, and we spent so many 
very long, like just so much time breaking it down and they don't even have enough camera angles. They don't to get a good they picture. Don't. So it's like, why are we doing this? And I think that one of the great tests of field hockey is fitness and, and who's the more fit team in the final five minutes and 10 minutes. And when you're giving literally, literally more time not playing than playing in the final 10 minutes, you take that completely away from the game. Yeah. Well, and I also think, especially that example, it was all based on a penalty corner. So you're also giving lots of advantage to the coaching staff to be able to look at the film again, to draw something else up. And it didn't work out for New Zealand, but like it does, it does affect the game. And you're right. And I also think it probably, even if they were overturned, New Zealand was really sort of like knocking down the door in the last few seconds. Who knows? It would have actually maybe given New Zealand some kind of advantage if they hadn't let the defense video reviews. No, it's and I mean, there's no sport. I think it's a bigger problem than than in in college basketball. The Mm. the amount of reviews in the last two minutes of a game. It's gotten to the point where the officials no longer make a call. Mm. They just go literally go straight to the monitor. Wow. And it's unwatchable. They do it on two things, on like out-of-bounds plays, where every now and then there's one that's so close you can't tell. But like for the first 38 minutes of the game, you made that call. And now you're just throwing your hands up. And and then the other thing is is um, is the freaking clock. When, yeah. when there, there's a basket that goes in or there's a foul, and we spend four minutes looking to take the clock from 27.2 to 27.4. <laughs> you know, I, I was watching, I was just flipping the channel the other day, and there was an old uh, NBA game on from the 90s that I remembered watching. It doesn't matter. It was a playoff game. And I remember it because one of the teams wins with a three at the end. I remember watching it as a kid. And it, it, it felt so weird to watch because they had, you know, no permanent score bug, but they had a clock for the last 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And there's no tenths of a second. And, oh, yeah. you know, the guy for Denver, they're playing Seattle, makes the three to win the game. And, like, that was just it. Yeah. Nobody I mean, stopped them to go look at the clock and put 0.2. We all just accepted that the game was over. And, like, I actually went back. And, like, chances are there was a left or whatever. Yeah. But, like, we all, on that day, the ball went in, and both teams and all the fans accepted that the game was over. And we all went home. Well, and I think there's, I mean, we talked about it before, but there's this like euphoria you get from that. Like even you just describing that, like to know that it's just done and like we keep putting a stopper in it and it's so annoying. Every, every, every exciting moment in sport now, just about, you have to hold your breath. You know, in baseball, every time there's a close play, you steal a base or there's a play at the plate, the ump makes the call and and you want to, you know, you're happy or sad, but then it's, well... Yeah, like we want to get the call right. Of course we do. But it needs to and we need to fix egregious errors. We don't need to re-legislate every play to a degree that when sport was invented, we never thought we'd have these HD cameras mm-hmm. that and I'm talking every sport. But but yeah, yeah, this stuff this morning in that New Zealand match was just I mean, it, it was one nothing with four minutes left. And I was 
uninterested in watching. Oh, absolutely. That was about when I turned it on, like the fourth quarter. Paid my $6 to FIH. You're welcome. And I was like, wow, this is boring. Didn't you get the? No. <laughs> Why? You didn't respond in time. It expired. I No, I didn't. I accepted it in the end. I know. I know. It didn't. It just said this has been expired. So I paid my $6. It's fine. You should $6 to again. support field hockey. I'm in. Yeah, but I approved it in the app. I'm including it as a tax write-off for a pitch session. Pitch session. Okay. That's <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, but I mean, that aside, this is an exciting moment for USA field hockey. They've got two where shots. I think when when most people kind of assumed our Olympic hopes were a bit dashed, they and are I I surging. Those people. I, I was too. I didn't see a path. Um, and they beat two teams they lost to previously. They're really surging. They're under new leadership with the their new coach, David Passmore. And it's, I mean, it seems to be clicking to the games I've watched. Um, it's great passing, good athleticism. We're yeah, hanging in there. Great. They look they really great. do. Um, you know, I, I think the schedule worked on their, in their favor, getting India first mm. and beating them and getting that out of the yeah, way. India is the home team. Now the real test is going to be, Japan. If Germany and Japan win in the semifinal and you have to beat India again, again. in India to go to the Olympics, that would be something. I, I know that they would much prefer to win. Uh, I believe it's Thursday morning for us, Thursday afternoon. Yeah, Thursday in, in- morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time. They're taking yes. on Japan in the semis. So that win in the semis would automatically qualify them for the Olympics. Right. Um, if the if they lose, then they will have to win in their three four match to qualify for the Olympics. Right, um, and that so you, know, you want to avoid that as best you can. Right, um, and then so that's at six a.m. At nine a.m., Germany is playing India, also on Thursday. I do know so, the last time we went up against Germany and Japan, it went fine. <laughs> you know, way back when. And Italy, we already beat Italy. True. That's true. What an inter- they really left. put an interesting uh, list of roster of teams together for this. Yeah, play, that's what this I'm qualifier. saying. You already defeated Italy. If you get Germany <laughs> and Japan, let's run it back, as they say in Division Two. As they say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I think Germany is obviously the favorite to win the tournament. But this is one of those where I think whoever finishes second and third will be just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't know if you're aware, Andrew, but the other thing that's very interesting about the India team is that they are coached by the former head coach of the U.S. I team. am aware of that. She's been there since about the pandemic. Yes, Yannicka. Uh, wonderful. Yeah. She's delightful. She and I once had a lovely lunch together at the Spooky Nook. Did you now? I'm How serious. exciting. Yes. I know you I know you're serious. She was wonderful. <laughs> yes. And I think she, I mean she's done incredible things with that India team. They I mean that group, actually, that group, the people on that roster were many of the players that we saw at the Junior World Cup eons ago. Um, and so they've yeah. really been rising and I think like have really blossomed under her leadership. So it's exciting to watch, but I do think it adds an element of like I don't know. Familiarity. Yeah. Or like, you know, 
I mean, there's definitely, I don't know how many players on the current U.S. roster that she coached, but um, I don't know if that makes it just like more collegial and exciting or there's an element of like, I don't know. Vendetta revenge? is very much the wrong revenge? word. Revenge? Not revenge, but you know, there's there's some. Well, stick it to her a little bit. Maybe, or like, you know, maybe something she wants else to stick it to them a little bit. I don't know. What's that? We both got COVID in Germany. <laughs> you and Yannicka? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, hers was in 2020. Mine was <laughs> two weeks ago. How about that? Yeah, how about yeah. that? Well, it is, I'm just, it's, it's an exciting opportunity for USA Field Hockey and all these other teams. I don't know if these qualifiers have happened in the past. I think they have. Okay. It always takes a slightly different form. Yeah, because I feel um, like in the past, maybe like the first and second teams of each continental. There's been some where you had to win it, too. Right. No, no, the continental thing's been first. Okay. For at least the last no, but I mean, handful did, of Olympics. For a while, wasn't it the continental winner and runner-up got? I don't, I really don't think so. Okay. I could be wrong, though. Don't. They have gone through so many iterations of this. They like, do. It, it changes. I was surprised. I mean, this is all happening so close to the like, and I'm I'm curious too. Like, this is happening now. How does that affect these players, sort of like physiologically, as they prep for the Olympics? I mean, it's it's what like six months away, but not not that. <laughs> Eight months not away? Quite. No, it's like six months. It's in six July. months. So, I mean, it's a long time, but it's not a long time. But they're elite athletes. I'm sure they'll be able to handle it. So, in you no, know, I'm looking. So, in 2016, it was USA won the Pan Am Games and qualified. You had to finish first. Mm-hmm. Um, that year, it was the it was there was no tournament. This this it was the semifinal. These teams that made the semifinals of the World League. Ah, oh, yes, that's what I'm remembering. The World League. Remember, remember the that. World League. I remember the World League now. Okay, so that's the thing. That, that was, was such a strange concept. That <laughs> I mean, it lasted about as, 15 minutes. It's almost as strange as the Pro League. <laughs> well, the Pro League is the World League successor. It is. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm going down a World League rabbit hole right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. No, but the it's interesting too looking at the USA field hockey roster. So they're sort of um anchored by two veteran players, Amanda Golini, formerly Magadan, who played yeah. She did and she played at Lafayette College, so Patriot League representative. Yeah. So she right now is at 137th cap, and Ashley Hoffman, who played for UNC, who's at her 114th cap. And, and then after that, yeah, she is. But after those two, it is a cliff until for the rest of the roster, where I think people are kind of. I wonder what the average cap is after that, because there are a lot of like 50s, 30s, we're in the teens, maybe one or two people who've played 80 caps. So like generally, pretty young team. Um. But at least from what well, we've seen in three games, like super athletic, good stick skills. There's a determination, I feel like, that hasn't been there for a couple months, which is just cool. I agree. 
Yeah. So hopefully they can take one of these next two, you know, win the first one and play with no pressure in the final. Yeah. Or lose it and play with so much on the line for 60 yeah. minutes. But one way or another, it should make for some good uh, TV. And how about it uh, being on linear TV? Linear. Maybe? Linear. That's right, everyone. If you have CBS Sports, you Which can watch most this game. Of you do not, <laughs> as it's not even Nielsen rated. It's in so few homes. Uh, well, proud but home I, of Atlantic Ten basketball. But yes, um, for and Patriot six dollars for only six dollars. That's like two pennies a day. <laughs> you could save a kid. You could watch this game. <laughs> Actually, the I mean, whole that's the price of one bucks. trip to Starbucks, Kirsten. That's and I'm telling you, Starbucks prices of which I do not participate anymore. Um, that yeah. that's that doesn't even get you one coffee, one frappuccino, or whatever. Anymore. I don't do that anymore. I'm out on Starbucks. You know what? You know what? Actually, like that. you you know what? Actually, this is weird, but this is why I'm out on Starbucks. I read somewhere that they no longer like. They more than like 70% of the drinks they make now are iced drinks. Like people go there for like iced coffee. All I drink are iced drinks. I know. And for some reason I was kind of like, you know, I'm done. What is that? Doesn't even make any sense. I know. I I didn't say iced drinks. I didn't say it made sense. It just is no longer longer a coffee shop. What is that? They just served iced coffee. No, people get these like pink drinks and like cream things. I don't understand. What does that matter to you though? It matters to me. Me as an independent consumer, I don't want it. I don't respect it. I don't care about it. forcing you to order the pink drink. Well, I just don't want to go there I'd like a hot coffee. No, you'll have this pink drink instead. That's not how it works. I'm just telling you. How much is a coffee at the Dab? I was like, I'm done. I'm done now. What? How much is a coffee at the Dab? Oh, man, I wonder what those prices are these days. I mean, you just get a regular drip. That's probably three bucks. More than that. I'm looking online. Maybe. Yeah. I know it's less. A wow. Just two fifty. Two fifty. All right. If you ever buy American University, you go to the Davenport Lounge and get yourself. Well, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. They have ice drinks. <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain my decisions. You know, they're just some things that I just like. I didn't eat scallops for years because the shape scallops of them. Are good. Scallops yeah, are the one shape of the of few scallops, seafoods I like. Here's the thing. I didn't eat them for a long time because their shape really freaked me out. So like, why are they so change? perfectly round? Why'd you change? I went to a wedding and that was the only option I wanted. And I ate it because I was but hungry. How did you want it? You didn't. Well, no, it was like that or like, I don't know. I don't know what the other mm. option was, but that was the best option. And I was like, so you fine. chose to take the scallop plunge. And it was really good. And now They're I'm very flavorful. But, but it is. I'm still weirded out by the like, they're so perfectly round. How do they get that way? I'm sure they're put through a machine. No, no, but see, here's the thing: they're not, or are they? I if I, if they're they extruded, sure they some are. kind of machine, I don't want them. But they're just in that little shell. In a you eat nothing that shape. doesn't go through a machine at some point. Um, Andrew, you don't know my eating habits. I do actually. <laughs> I try to avoid the machine. 
the man, as it were. Okay. All right. This is getting all a little too personal. So I think we should wrap it up. I don't know. I've been having fun. <laughs> you and your ice drink. Well, I can't have one now. It's too late. I wouldn't. It's also that. too cold. No. I have I, ice I actually drink thought right this now. the other day because where I live, it's about negative nine at the moment. And we drove to the grocery store and the drive through line at the Starbucks was around the corner. And I thought to myself, I wonder how many of the, what percentage of those people <laughs> are ordering ice drink right now? <laughs> Did you see the vi- any of the videos of the beers at the uh, Chiefs game the other night? No, I saw the videos of people shoveling out Bills. In Buffalo? Bills Stadium. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they they played in Kansas City the other night. Uh, and I think the game time temperature was negative five and the wind chill was negative 30. And, you know, it only got colder as the night went on. The people, their beers were like freezing as soon as they opened them. So, you know, they, they're sitting there with like this beer slushy situation. <laughs> Were people trying to drink them as fast as possible so they wouldn't freeze? Well, yeah, but I don't think that's different than normal in Kansas City. I'm sorry for anybody who has played a sport in, like, really freezing temperatures. That had to be the worst thing ever. Yeah, and you saw, you see, like, the the linemen in the game, like, not wearing sleeves. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. I just think, I mean... You you know like baseball like you hit a baseball when it's cold same thing you hit a field hockey ball when it's cold like that feeling that goes up your arms I just like I don't know I've never played in sub zero I can't imagine yeah I, I, yeah I mean I, I I was I was telling my dad that there was there's no amount of money that could have gotten me to go to that game. <laughs> I actually like to play this game of like, what thing can I concoct and like propose to you to get, like, I always just love your responses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on out here and we're going to like grow cross country. No. no. <laughs> that sounds miserable. <laughs> or even like, let's go on this trip and we'll stay in a hostel. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in for hostels either. No, thank you. But your reaction to something absolutely like that. not, not never gonna. That, happen. I, th- that is insane. <laughs> or like I mean, bird watching. Okay, I mean, what else are we doing? I mean, I, I'm not opposed <laughs> to that. I went to the botanical garden. That's true. You didn't love it. I enjoy going but with you, you and it. learning. That's so what like saying. if you told me that you enjoy bird watching and, and that's something I would absolutely do that. What if I was like, Andrew, I want if there's this rare plant that we need to hike like 15 miles to and it only blooms in the middle of the winter. 15 miles is really far. Probably. <laughs> and through, like, no, we got to strap on some snowshoes and we're no, going. No. Yeah, we're out. If you we're told even me like, in like April we had to go hike five miles, yeah, I'd go do that with you. Sure. But 15 in the winter, no, you go on your own or don't go. That's your problem. <laughs> what about like, like we're going to have a fire. Like we got to go out and split some logs. What does that consist of? I've never done that. You got to take an ax. You got to put a See, piece of wood. That just doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah. I mean, if you told me like, we really need your help doing this. Yeah, I'll do it. When we were in when I was in Germany, as I was recovering from my illness, we went to Paul's hotel, and they Ooh. needed help doing the dishes at breakfast. I did that. 
Wow. Seriously, I don't mind. Like, sure, I'll I know. Pitch you're a helpful guy. You're helpful. Yeah, that guy. didn't bother me. So <laughs> if you tell me, if you tell me, part for me, it's like it's like the environment that I know you would hate. Like we're saying, like sub forty. Yeah. No, I'm not doing. No, I'm just. I'm, no, of I any just kind. Wouldn't go. I wouldn't go on a thing that would put me in that position. But what I'm saying is, if for some reason we were stuck, or not even stuck, just for some, I had a aneurysm and agreed to go on this trip and you're like andrew i you know i really need you to go split some wood i would go try i don't mind sure i would do that okay i'm just saying it's just yeah i like your reactions like our our, yeah. our upcoming trip we're gonna I'm do some trip to help out no and like i'm oh, not doing the yurt and we do need a bunkhouse one night even even like I am starting to to get to the you point mean, you're in my life. You're trekking on this trip. Yes, we're doing trekking, but like one night we're staying at hotels the whole time. But the one night we have to stay in a bunkhouse. And even I, I feel like at this point in my life, I'm like, ugh, a bunkhouse. Oh, gross. There's no way I'm doing. There's shared bathroom facilities. No, ugh. I'm going to the casino about an hour west. <laughs> Why right. would you? What? Okay. Well, whatever makes you guys happy. That makes you like me a happy. Nice view. happy. You like a nice view. Not if I have to track to it. <laughs> I like You're a view that's accessible by luxury that vehicles. So few people have experienced. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do I do? I mean, what does it matter? <laughs> I'm watching field hockey at six o'clock in the morning on CBS Sports Network. You know how oh, few people oh are experiencing that? Let me tell you something. Central time in this scenario sucks. Oh, it's it could be worse. I know. I mean California. California oh my gosh. Like I'm sure there are some people in California who are watching this, but oy. I gotta wake up five. Oi. Oi. They wow, this has been yeah, like you did it again. Our, our Yiddish episode, yeah, <laughs> that's what we should call it. Episode 17, the Yiddish episode. We can do that. Great, we'll be back in February. We will be back in February. Who knows what we'll be talking about? We'll come up well, with something. We'll be in the midst of birthday alley for you and me. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's exciting time. Yeah. And Valentine's Day, my favorite holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I got to plan something big this year. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Bye, Kira. Bye, Andrew. Well, in other hockey news this morning, Andrew. Well, hang on. We're back from the future now. Oh, what do you mean? Well, the episode ended, Kirsten, and now we're back after it's over. Oh, so we did your, we had our little outro and now we're coming back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to outro again. Two outros in one episode. Yeah. It's fine. How will people know to stay on? They're going to figure it out. I trust everyone. Okay. Well, another so what happened news. this morning? This morning, bright and early central time, I'll tell you. It was pretty bright and early Eastern time. <laughs> it was bright and early for everybody in the old continental U.S. Um, 
Our United States women's national team qualified for the Paris Olympics with a 2-1 win over Japan in the hockey qualifier in Ranchi, India. A dramatic comeback win. It was a dramatic comeback win because I believe the first half we remained 0-0 and then yeah. Japan got on the board first and maybe the third quarter and Would things you say were looking Japan went first with a sneak attack and I then were defeated by the it, Americans. I don't know about that. Oh, okay. Well, I will say that going to the fourth quarter things looked a little shaky and I wasn't sure okay. if our team was going to be able to pull it out. Um but that goal seemed to Put some fire. I actually don't know. I mean, tell me what you think, Andrew, but I don't know if we win this game if Japan hadn't scored first. Well, because I felt like there was strokes and who knows what happens. I just feel like there was a big momentum shift after that goal. Like maybe Japan went back on their heels a little bit and U.S. really surged. There definitely was a sense of urgency uh, for the home team in that fourth quarter, especially um, the goal to tie it on the penalty corner was a good goal. The goal to take mm-hmm. the lead to win it was a great goal. Um, yes. Let's thank God that we reviewed it. There was nothing we had to, to do review. that. Nothing to review. I mean, and then it was a smash into the net. There was nothing to review. I would also say, cause I think they were, they reviewed Japan's goal. And I think, did they review the first U.S. goal? I mean, I don't know if any of them had any legitimate reason to be reviewed. They, except we just got to review it to review it to say we reviewed it. And I'm curious, too, if that review on the second U.S. goal, was that called by the Japanese? It was Japanese, called by the umpire. No, by the umpire. umpire. And you're like, That's what made it so ridiculous. Like, if the team does it, like the USA referred Japan's goal, I think just – I'm not going to say out of desperation because the replay showed it may or may not have hit a Japanese foot, but it definitely wasn't enough to overturn the call. But on some level at that late in the game, you might as well use it. You know, it's a fishing expedition for the team. I mean, you might as well, but for the umpire to refer that goal when it was like as straightforward as a goal as there can be, she smacked the crap out of it. And if, in my opinion, if you're an umpire at that level and you, and you, yeah, what are you doing? You're not in a position, like if you as the umpire on that side of the field are not in a position to see it and your trail umpire is also not in a position to see it, like, then we have a bigger problem. We have a bigger problem. And it seems to be happening so much that it's like, okay, FIH, do you just get to the point where you just review every goal? Because that's what it's becoming. I mean, that's what the NFL does. Every scoring play is reviewed now. I mean, yeah. it's, you know. I mean, do you just make it rote so we don't have to stand there and wait and debate? Right. Like, I, I agree. You've got rote, that person sitting in well, – thank you. Small word, but big word. You've got that person sitting in the booth, so why not? But while we're on the subject – Let's talk about the umpiring for this match because I was... Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Can we talk about the person in the booth? Every sure. replay starts with, can you hear me? <laughs> like, can we establish it's like a 1990s, like, works? It's like a 1990s drive-thru, like, hello? <laughs> I don't care what... I'm talking in college, in, in, in the Olympic qualifier. Every replay starts with the umpire banging their chest banging the micro microphone on their chest and saying, can you hear me by the yes, 11th of you in the game? Can we establish that she can hear you? Can you hear me? 
Yes, and I also, I would like for the review umpire at one point, instead of saying there's no evidence to support, you know, to support a change, let's go with your call on the field. I'd like them to say, you're an idiot for referring this to me. Like, Please can they just be honest? Again. Like, they need to be like, I'm doing my word all over here and you interrupted me for nothing. I mean... I felt like actually, so that umpire that was in the booth, I think she's from New Zealand and she's been around for a long time. And I felt like she wanted to a couple of times to be like, and don't use you your doing? referral for this. Like she got back so quick. Like there's no evidence to support this. You know what she should do? She should like act like she's looking at it, you know, but she's playing solitaire or something and be like, yeah, no, we're, we're going to stay with the call on the field. Like just humor us. Seriously. Okay, anyhow, go back to your thing. I interrupted you. Well, I think the thing, you know, obviously all these umpires are super talented, qualified to be in these positions, but the thing... Are they? I'm ass- well, I'm assuming that there's been some kind of, um, I don't know, recommendation from the higher up that all of a sudden every foul within the dash or in the 25 is automatically upgraded to a penalty corner. Yeah, that happened this morning. What, with a minute left? That was a big call. But it was happening all game. I mean, there were some, and <laughs> our commentator was very enthusiastic about the game. And I, he, I mean, it was something, wasn't it? I it mean, was he, something to behold. I will tell I you. I love that guy. He I want to meet him. We should have vi- him on. We will, we'll find out who he is. We'll go through our back channels. He seemed not surprised. By, he, but he didn't see some. He was like, "Oh, that was very. That was very obvious. That was very intentional." And on review, I was like, I don't think so. And some of these things, which I think in the past would have just been free hits outside of the circle, were all upgraded to penalty corners. And I'm, I mean, most yeah, he, fouls he said in there the were a couple back sticks where it didn't seem like it was a back stick. I didn't think it was. Or I think the one that um, the there was like a one one v one or two v one with a Japanese defender outside the circle, and he says something like, "Oh, she intentionally kicked that with her foot to keep it from." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't see that. I mean, maybe there's a subtlety there that I'm missing, but it didn't seem as like if it's obvious enough to warrant a penalty corner upgrade. I feel like it should be obvious to most spectators. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like most I, spectators should be able to see that. I agree, but I'm not going to argue with that guy. No way. I texted you. Find someone who looks at you like he looks at hockey. <laughs> I mean, he, he said like at halftime when it was 0-0, what a beautiful exhibition of hockey in this first half. Both teams playing their finest, and we know that the second half will bring something magical. Like, I wow. Mean, he tools, he, that is yeah. some interesting – like what, what a colorful use of adjectives. That's what I'm saying. I will, so the other part of the game that really, really fascinated me, and I was almost distracted by it many times, were the pitch side billboards <laughs> in, in Ranchi, India. I mean, <laughs> we're promoting the government, it. which is really interesting. Um, yeah. And specifically, like the chief minister of the, the I believe it's a state government. Yeah, something. Something like that. That's that was interesting to me. I visited their website. He's a good they're, dude. they're big fans of um, you know, those emojis that kind of like change colors on their website. Yes. Um, because I was so compelled by these billboards to follow. And and don't forget Odisha, India's best kept secret, no more. 
Yeah. Now we I had to look that up. That. I was like, what's that? I did Travel too. destination, yeah. apparently. And my hands down favorite was Coal India. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I had to really like squint to look through the pollution to see Coal India's um, advertisement. But there it was, which is such a fascinating choice given our current climate situation and all of the I mean, I don't know how familiar everybody all of our listeners are with like foreign climate policy, but Coal India is at you know, has I'm been sure grabbing they're, some they're headlines late. Yes. So but some positive promotion. And I was like, how cold is it there? People were bundled. Yeah, it was the rain. I mean, it was it appeared to be raining. Oh, I just assumed that was like air pollution because it's been no, like that, that was, for that, most that, of the that, games. That was rain. That was rain. I don't think so. I need I'm one of the US sure. players who was on the it, field to rain. weigh in on this. You yeah. had me look up the weather. It said light rain. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, and, and what uh, was the temperature? Sixty. Okay. Um, did you see how Spain advanced to the Olympic Games this morning and the other? I did qualifier? not. I did not. You're I actually was thinking we should this. do an I'm, update. I'm going to text it to you right now. We All can right. get a live reaction. Ooh. Um, Spain defeated Ireland in their semifinal to advance. Oh, to not the Irish. The Irish um, on quite a fancy goal. Oh, OK. That is worth checking it. out. I just received it from you. Oop. Clicked allow. I don't know what that's for. OK. All right. I'm going to watch it. We got a shootout. Ah, uh, we got the overhead. Oh no! Wow. To go to, I mean, that is that one. If my man, well, okay, ballsy. okay. I was just gonna say that is a ballsy choice because, like, big, big risk, big risk. Oh man, and I feel if, bad. If, I must if you, assume if you underhit that by five percent, the, the you look like just knocks fool. it away, and you yes. look like a fool. But also, oh God, I feel so bad. Because this is not a visual medium. The Spanish player went about a foot, a yard, but somewhere between a foot and a yard inside the circle, and not far in overhead. I mean, you're looking like a foot. Yeah, and the trajectory was not that high. Like it wasn't. Like it was. um, Like usually, when you see those, it's pretty like loop de loop, like really. I don't yeah. know. A cute trick. And it was, it's not. Oh, man. God, I feel I'm assuming that goalkeeper was Aisha McFerrin, who played in the States at the University of Louisville. And that's got to be a tough one because you, God, you kind of feel a little foolish on that side of things, too. Well, but you can't be thinking that's coming. No. I mean, because, yeah, high risk. And I'm sure uh, they scout that, that is a lot. Correct. Yeah. That, that is they, in the ball. Um, yeah, they they do these shootouts a lot, so I'm sure they've scouted all of the shooters. That's and the thing. Did you know? Should yeah, they did you know she was going to do that? Was that in her repertoire? But uh, yeah, so Spain. Uh, the uh, now to be clear, they won the shootout three zip. So it's not like it was two two. You know. Like, you know, yes, that won the game for them. It was not like the ultimate decider. Um, even if that save, Spain probably goes through. J- just to be very clear, they still would have been up 2 nothing in the shootout had that been saved. But still, 
but still. And so currently from India Ranch Geek, Germany. That's right. No, it's 2-2 two, two right now. Oh, it's 2-2 two, two now. Okay. 2-2 two, two full time. Well, so I'm guessing we're going to shootouts. At, I did. You, you know as well as I do, Carrie. You, I'm you just looking at – it's saying results, so I'm a bit perplexed by what's going on here. Um, so we have the U.S. qualified – and Spain qualified, and then I guess we're waiting for the other games of the day to fin- to find out who are the other two. I mean, that's a great point. The other two teams that will qualify, and then tomorrow we'll determine the final two teams that qualify. Yeah, and so, you know, they're going to go on and play the championship tomorrow, which seems kind of silly. Like, I wonder if the teams will, you know, get some of their, their substitutes in and get them some, you know – Get them some playing time and, and rest. I mean, I you know, I don't really know whether the United States is playing Germany or India. I, I don't really know what the point of I mean, I know every time you go out there you want to win, but like the the goal has been accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um there, there's not you, you know, I don't think anyone goes down to say, Oh my god, we won the qualify. Like nobody cares. You qualify. And I, that was the I goal. I totally I respect that opinion for you, but my question for you then is is you know, like all Yesterday and today, we have the other, you know, five, six match, seven, eight match. I mean, are those also probably like unnecessary? I'm assuming these all well, play into I mean, teams those are, I, I would, I would say those are in necess- unnecessary in any tournament, but mm. I, and, and I would say the, the outcomes today reflect that Chile lost to Italy for the first time maybe ever in shootouts. No. So not a, Great tournament for Chi. They will match up with the Czech Republic in the seventh place game tomorrow, who they defeated 6 nothing uh, earlier in the week. Who New Zealand, New Zealand and Czech Republic were 0 0 for 57 minutes. Wow. Until wow. the Black Sticks scored twice in the final two and a half minutes to win that one 2 nothing. So Italy and New Zealand will play for fifth. And Chi 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 and Check 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 will play for seventh. I mean, you know, that's fine. And then in uh, in Valencia, so Spain is through. I believe you um, pronounce it Belgium, Valencia. Sure. And <laughs> Spain, uh, Belgium, and Great Britain will meet up here in just a little bit uh, to punch the second ticket. Uh, with the loser obviously taking on Ireland for the mm-hmm. third and final spot. A disappointing tournament for South Korea. They're going to play for fifth after they beat Malaysia this morning 3 nothing. Uh, and then Canada and Ukraine will match up in the other consolation semifinal. And I will say, I think another is just a disappointing tournament for our friends in Chile. Um, I think this was their big opportunity this year. That's too bad it didn't pan out. Yeah, there was a there was a, a path to them. Uh, I think the most disappointing team of the qualifiers, though, is South Korea. Yeah. Um, you know, they lost to Belgium ten to one. Like, what are wow. we doing? Yeah, which just feels uncharacteristic. I mean, they are ranked 14th in the world. They're not. You know, and it's they're below the United States and New Zealand and Ireland, but to lose that but all in, bad, in in the same clump. I mean, right, right. So to lose that dramatically, 
is not great. Really unfortunate. But I mean, this is an exciting uh, one. It's an exciting thing for pitch session. It, it, it's an exciting thing for the United States of America, but it's going to give no, us a lot to talk about in this Olympics. I always center myself. Let's make it about us. And I think it's going to make for a very exciting summer where we're going to be doing some Olympic Especially if, if we get sent to Paris. I know a lot of people have inquired about how they can help fund it. Um, Absolutely. I'm still crossing my fingers. Someone, please, come on. We, 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 will, we will go live from the Olympic Games. Absolutely. Uh, and and cover Team USA and, and whoever else chooses to I'm qualify. excited to watch some international hockey. Outside of the United States, who's your next favorite international team that will – in the Olympics. Oh, we'll see. That's a that's that's the caveat there. Yeah, because I know you're always um, going to say Chi Chi, but Chi Chi Chi. Yeah, I mean Germany, but they're not in yet. Yeah, I was going to say mine's Ireland, but they haven't they they're haven't in, um, punched trouble. the ticket yeah. yet. Yeah, I mean, and we all always love watching the Dutch. <laughs> sure, I mean they're the God. They make it look so effortless so frustrating they do. And, and, and you know i always feel bad for the young ladies on their team because none of them are ever attractive or <laughs> seem to have anything going for them and, and no. just they, they they do this they is all they have they, this is all they yes, have they, they have to and they live in such an awful pl- they live in such an awful place <laughs> um, um, so I, i'm impressed that they're able to persevere so yeah i mean absolutely. the dutch for sure um so yeah, I could take I would, the lead some of these teams, Argentina, I'm, China, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I do always feel like I kind of have – there's a rivalry with Argentina that I just can't ever get over. That Is it a rivalry like, because does Team USA ever beat them? I mean, you have to win from time to time. I think there was a period of time where it was a very competitive matchup, not of late, but also – between Chile and Argentina. So like Argentina is like kind of always the, uh, the villain in this scenario. So I like to, they're like a really fun team to watch. I would agree, but yeah, (laughs) Argentina may disagree. They qualified qualified in the Pan Am games in Santiago, which I'm guessing they enjoyed. I'm sure they did. I would say there are probably a, a lot of Chilenas that did not enjoy that. Probably not. Let's talk about the game today because I'm just curious your thoughts about the way Team USA performed as we look at like, okay, they're going into the Olympics. Because I have some thoughts about, I mean, I think there are definitely some things we need to shore up in order to have a competitive tournament. Um, they, but they played well. I think it was a surprise yeah. to everybody that we did as well as we did and, and that we qualify. This was, I mean, this was not the... I didn't. This wasn't what anybody expected, based on their no, recent performance. This is this is quite a come up. Mm-hmm. Full credit. Oh, absolutely. They have, they have six months to get ready. The Olympics begin. Olympic competition for field hockey begins on Saturday, July twenty seventh. Saturday, July twenty seventh. I'm writing it down. Um, I am. I just wrote it down. Yeah, but I mean, they have a new new head coach and David Passmore still, I believe, I guess Craig Parnham is still considered maybe like the coaching director or technical director. And he was there today and seeing them celebrate and David Passmore's reaction. To Did I see Coach Fuchs? You saw Coach Fuchs on the sideline. I mean, that, um, that's, that made, that's what got me going. It was very exciting. I mean, I, the players' come. reactions were incredible. I mean, just, I think, to see that 
level of I don't think surprise, but just like I mean genuine like euphoria. And I, I don't know. I don't know if they believed that it was going to happen. So it was that was really cool. But then when they had the camera go up and look at the coaches that were up in the uh, – I mean, they were in Up tears. in the box. They were. I mean, it's so cool. It's so exciting. I mean, exciting. we talked about it. This tournament makes or breaks careers. Oh, yeah. But I think you can't, USA – These guys, you can't take away. They're Olympians now, and you can't take that away. I For, for your whole life. And all these – I don't – there's no returning um, – you know, I mean, it's been what eight years since our last Olympics, so no returning players. Um, and I think the this is a group that, yeah, didn't go to the Olympics last time. I don't think I, I don't remember what their World Cup performance was, but like we got a lot of newbies here. I'll say this so if you were going to miss an Olympics, that was the one to miss. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Olymp- I mean, nobody's fault, but what a lame Olympics that was. I know, I know. Um, and I mean, Paris will be so cool. And it's gonna but be I great. think from a from a I think tactically that's kind of David Passmore's strength, and he got a lot of credit from the commentators today about. Um, the U.S. team's press and movement on the field. And I think, as usual, we look fit and athletic and fast. Um, but I think yeah, going into the Olympics, the thing that they're going to have to keep working on is just keeping the ball in possession because it was just, you know, that final pass that we just weren't completing or throwing the ball away in critical moments where we just need to keep possession. Um, and they seem like a team that they're working really hard to go fast and, um, you know, make passes that would have a big reward. But I think in many instances are just too risky and the better option would be to just keep the ball. So that's something that they're going to have to keep focusing on. Um, and I think as you meet up with some of the opponents who already have qualified Australia, Argentina, Netherlands, um, you know, I think any of those little it's mistakes, only going to get harder. <laughs> it's going to get harder. And I think a lot of those mistakes, you just get punished more for them when you play teams like that. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what kind of, uh, ramp up they do to the Olympics, who they play, where they play, when they play. Mm. I'm sure someone's already on that. Um, and I think we have some pro league matches in between in, in between now and then. I don't know what else sure, we'll have on that's this. a thing that exists, so okay. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, I mean, is this the roster that we're going to see at the Olympics? I mean, who else is kind of on the cut? pretty close. Yeah, and I mean, it seemed like they played really well deep bench everybody was getting it's, it looked to me like almost everybody was making it on the field um and i so, think yeah. we'll be back next week with some of them is that the plan i'm hoping yes we'll see so everybody um we've put it out into the world so we're hoping that we'll be able to talk to maybe a couple of players maybe a coach or two so that'll be exciting stuff and we think we think $10,000 gets us to Paris for 10 days, right? Absolutely. 10,000. I think we could do it for 10,000. We just got to find somewhere to stay for that long. I mean, you got to assume a flight. I mean, do we get a press pass? I bet we could. Oh, if we had to buy tickets, we buy tickets. But I mean, a nice I, I Airbnb. We, yeah, or a hotel, you know, whatever. But we, we could probably fly over there for about $1,500 each. Sure. And then, you know, several thousand dollars for seven or 10 days accommodation and the rest we would cover ourselves. Sure. I mean, we like to invest in the sport. 
Yeah. yeah. Totally. So, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll give full credit to whoever it is. That's right. Sponsor our trip. We'll talk about you. We'll sing your praises. Um, yeah. If you have a product, we'll use it in Paris. Absolutely. We'll talk Whatever about how great it, it is. I mean, I don't know. Well, maybe we're have. Do we have to vet this? Like, what would be a product that you'd be like, yeah, we probably should say no to that. I mean, like I Marlboro have, cigarettes. I, I, I can be bought for just about anything. <laughs> Marlboro, those are the best cigarettes. I'm in. Absolutely. They go down smooth, I'm told. <laughs> I mean, it's Paris. You're supposed to smoke. That's true. Yeah, I wonder what the city of Paris will be like for the Olympics. Is this going to be, I mean, have you looked at the plans? Is it like London style where we're kind of integrating it into the city? Or Yeah, yeah. All right. Like Beach not too much permanent. Beach volleyball is going to be at the Eiffel Tower, which I'm sure will be quite cool. Ooh, that's very cool. Well, and I don't know, it seems like in the recent past, and I know somebody, ooh, that could be kind of interesting. I know somebody who does some history of the Olympics in terms of like infrastructure and economics, but um, I feel like recently cities who kind of make these semi-permanent structures tend to fare better than ones who kind of invest in in a lot of infrastructure. Athens was a disaster. I mean, Rio was kind of a disaster um and i assume cities too, that already it. yeah because they had that at, at the uh like some of the university for atlanta stadium. almost nothing was built for the olympics i mean yeah. the olympic stadium was built but then that became the brave stadium for 25 years and now it's where georgia state plays football um you know they built the stone mountain tennis center which i mean gets used it's still a tennis center um, they built an international horse park which for equestrian, which is now like a big-time international horse park. They built the Aquatic Center at Georgia Tech, which is now where Georgia Tech swims, and it hosts like the national championship. And just about everything else, I mean, I know I'm forgetting something, what was in an already existing structure. Um, the Georgia Dome hosted uh, basketball and gymnastics. The Georgia World Congress Center hosted like 10 events. That's the convention mm. center. You know, baseball was at the Brave Stadium at the time. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the, the cities too, like, I mean, London comes to mind and Tokyo too, but that already have kind of a good public transportation yeah, infrastructure. Public transportation and sports infrastructure. Yeah. You know, London yeah. has 43 soccer teams and basketball and, and, you know, track and this and that. So it's when you go somewhere that doesn't have the sports infrastructure and they got to build everything. So, yeah, I'm they're, curious they're, about L.A. Like they have the sports infrastructure, but I mean, that is a car based city. So I wonder oh, how gonna that's be, that will gonna, be a car based Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Which will be. Yeah. See how that goes. Yeah. But anyway. Great day to be right. uh, great day to be USA. Congratulations to the team and coaches. This is a very and exciting moment. Not just the team and coaches, but there's a lot of people that make that stuff happen. That's right. The so athletic training staff. staff. Yes. Some, you know, we got development squad people that helped make this happen too. Yep. A lot of people so. hopefully are very happy and. Um, know what an accomplishment this is, but I think they'd all say that this is the means to the end. It's not the end. No. Um, you know, you want to have a good showing. Um, was it London that was 
the winless Olympics. Oh, we'd have to go back and do some research. I think Rio was our most recent one where we performed quite well. I believe, was it London? Let me look. We're looking. As we would say, let's go to the board here. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, USA was one in four and did in London. So not mm-hmm. winless. I will take that back. Um, their victory. See, yeah, okay, I remember now. A seven-zip loss to South Africa. That that's not good. Right. Um, lost to Germany two to one, and then beat Argentina one to nothing. To get to one, <laughs> ah, one. See, they have beat them in recent history. Then lost to Australia one zip, New Zealand three two, and it would appear by the final pool play game they had checked out a little bit and lost to South Africa seven zip, and then fell to Belgium in the eleventh place game two to one to finish in last place. So I'm guessing that's what I was remembering. It was not winless, yes. but they did finish last. Um, and our best recent performance was in Rio which I think why was why Tokyo was such a disappointment because we had finished fifth in the Rio Olympics went undefeated in pool play beating Argentina and yeah, Australia who were, who were ranked second and third um, and then lost to Great Britain in the quarterfinals and I believe that's the year that Great Britain went on to win goal which was you know the blip in the perfect netherlands record of late um but that was such a great year but i think we had a lot of players retire after that and i mean this this tends to be our our struggle in the united states is that we get these it's just feast or famine like we have a great group of players we're not developing as much in the in the in the lower levels or even in like the development squad. And when this we just have this dearth, like these people leave I, and we I, just don't I have anywhere back. to fill the vacuum. I went back in '96. It was an eight-team tournament. USA qualified as the host. Uh, went two, two, and three. No, mm. two, three, and two. The Europeans with their draws in the middle. Give me a break. Two wins, three losses, two draws, and finished fifth. Won the fifth place game. Um, and then did not qualify to Sydney for a 10-team tournament, mm. did not qualify to Athens for a 10-team tournament, um, did qualify in Beijing, or Beijing as we're calling it now, uh, to win one game uh, and finish eighth. And then we get to London, which you mentioned, and then Rio, and then Tokyo. Hmm. And now it's off to Paris. Gay Paris. I, I think we have a final. Uh, I mean, this is riveting here. Stand by. <laughs> For uh, Germany, India. Whoa. No, are we yeah. still th- three and th- No, I think Germany has this chance to respond still. We are still going. Are you sure? I don't know. What do you have? What do you have? I asked you first. Well, from what I'm seeing on the FIH website, it's 3-3 in the shootouts. So they went through their first round of no, five. Germany won. Germany won. Germany won. Okay. Yeah. Got a bit of a delay here. 
Hang on one sec. One sec. They're knocking on my door to change my air filter. So we should wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. All right, everybody. We'll see you uh, shortly, maybe in the next week or two, where we talk about uh, USA field hockey qualifying for the um, Olympics, their path to prepare for said Olympics. Um, And yeah, we're excited for that. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, pitch session pod. Um, and send us an email if you have any questions or whatnot. But otherwise, we will see you again soon. Goodbye, everyone.